0: Welcome into the KSL Sports Front page on this new year 2021 is upon us we have 2020 in the rear view now and we're happy to be online today this afternoon starting off the new year talking about some big news as far as locals in the NFL and BYU football Utah football are concerned and uh, to be along with me for the ride today on this special edition of the KSL Sports Front page is our BYU Insider. Mitch Harper. Mitch, it's been a while. I haven't talked to you since Christmas. How was your Christmas and uh, how's the new year going for you so far?
1: What's going good? Uh, I'm excited to to get into this topic. Kyle, I hope you had a happy new year and a Merry Christmas as well. But uh, uh, excited to talk about these NFL draft uh, early, what do you call them? De- early declarations, underclassmen for the NFL draft from BYU. And it's going to be a lot of fun because there's a lot of talent from the BYU football program heading to the National Football League now.
0: Yeah, and let's start there. I mean, no no surprise here, but breaking news about an hour or so ago was BYU quarterback, uh, junior quarterback out of Draper, Zach Wilson, declared or said that he was declaring for the 2021 NFL draft. I think that this has been written on the wall for quite a while now here, Mitch, but now that it's official, what do you make of the news that Zach's going to you know, take his talents to the NFL a little bit early and uh, not return to BYU?
1: It's the move that had to be made, Kyle, um, you know, the the rise, the meteoric rise that Zach Wilson experienced from around the Louisiana Tech game. That was early October's that Friday night before general conference game up until now. He's just been off the charts good and, and he had to go. I mean, you're talking now about Zach Wilson as a quarterback prospect that could be the number two quarterback selected after Trevor Lawrence, who's considered to be a generational talent at the top of the board. Zach Wilson could be next in line. The conversation is squarely now Justin Fields at Ohio State or Zach Wilson, and, and I think Zach had to go because if he would have come back to BYU, yes, there could have been the chance to put BYU in the preseason top 25. Yes, you could have put him uh, squarely in the Heisman conversation, but you had an 11-win season, go while the iron is hot, and he had to do that. I think this is the right move for Zach Wilson, and I, I think that he's going to be a big-time prospect in the NFL. So the move had to be made. It's it's unfortunate for BYU, but uh, I think they knew uh, that this was going to happen, but uh, there's enough depth and talent in the program uh, to maybe try to have a chance to replace him. But he's, a, he's an all-timer. I mean, uh, you Zach Wilson, to me, is one of the greats at BYU at quarterback. He, he's a really talented player, and I think the NFL, whichever team gets him, is going to get a heck of a prospect.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Justin Fields there. Uh, he's going to be playing tonight. In the uh in the Peach Bowl, I believe, or Sugar Bowl, that's what it is. Sugar Bowl tonight against Clemson. So, I mean, if he doesn't have a great performance, let's say you know Clemson blows out Ohio State, Zach could really be cemented here even tonight as the the number two guy in the in the quarterback race for the NFL draft. I want to talk to you about his season, though, uh Mitch, you, because you followed not only the season, you know, throughout the pandemic and leading up to you know whether BYU is even going to play a a season this year or a schedule this year, like they did, but they ended up playing 12 games. You were at the majority of those games. What did you see from Zach from this season to, you know, his first two seasons at BYU that shows you that he's ready for the NFL? Well,
1: the clean bill of health first off. I mean, I know, I know a lot of BYU coaches pointed to that and that was the issue for some of his shortcomings in 2019, the coming back from the shoulder, uh, having the thumb injury. I mean, all those factors played a role in some of the struggles and the adversity he faced being a eight and eight quarterback as a starter for BYU through his first two seasons. So he comes into this year and it wasn't clearly, you know, head and shoulders where he was the starting quarterback. The coaches put out the narrative that there was going to be a quarterback debate, but I think everyone inside the building and inside BYU's football program knew that Zach Wilson had the highest ceiling and with him healthy, they knew that had something special in Wilson, and just his arm talent alone. I mean, the guy's got a rocket of an arm, but I think more than that, though, because you can't base squarely uh, prospects on just their arm strength. When you just hang your hat on that, usually those guys tend to be, I I think, bust more times than not, but I think what makes Zach Wilson so good is that football has already kind of been like his profession. Like the, this is his dream. Uh, he wants to be a NFL quarterback. He, he treated his time at BYU like he was a professional. The, the study, the amount of work he put into his game preparation, it was off the charts. I think the pandemic helped that cause because you're not going into the building uh, for your classroom. You're not going into all these different classes. It's all done virtually. So I gave him more flexibility to have time, to break down the film, break down you know what he needs to improve as a quarterback, and the guy just lives football and his arm placement or ball placement, excuse me, and the arm talent is off the charts. And I think that uh, the efficiency that he played with too. I mean BYU's offenses, uh, you know, in recent years under Kalani Sataki just have been mediocre, pedestrian. Anyone watching this would tell you BYU's offensive attacks have been just. Nothing to write home about, but the explosive playmaking ability from Wilson through the air and the efficiency and the accuracy was impressive to watch. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was, you know, 74% completion rate, and that wasn't just little dink and dunk passes out of a, you know, a pistol or a run and shoot type offense. This was going down the field, stretching the field, going to his big playmakers in Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney. I think Wilson was just, I mean, there's not many flaws from what you saw this year. And I think it also, uh, Kyle, it's more than just simply the opponents he faced. I think some of the things that he displayed with that arm talent, the ball placement, I think that translates to the league. Now, if you put some playmakers around him and you got a good offensive line, he'll make it work and he'll be a guy that can have success in the NFL.
0: So you mentioned the efficiency there. He's got record numbers at BYU as far as how efficient he was with the football you know, throughout his career and also, you know, this season alone. But I want to ask you specifically, what do you think the legacy is that he leaves at BYU because he's leaving a season, you know, potentially or two at BYU, you know, off the table now and moving on because if he were to stay at BYU, you know, he could have been an all time great. Like as far as the records were concerned, he could have been up there with another three, 4,000 yards and put himself up there in the top five as far as BYU's all-timers are concerned. So what do you think his all-time legacy is going to be now that he's leaving BYU?
1: Well, he delivered BYU their best season as an independent. Uh, that, to me, is his legacy. He he gave BYU fans maybe the best team they've had since 1996. That conversation can be entertained with what BYU put out on the field in 2020 an 11-1 season. Um, many questions about whether a season was going to be played or not and the manner in which they played uh, these opponents, the dominance that they displayed in these games uh, was impressive. And your one loss was to a a one-loss football team in Coastal Carolina on cross-country trip, 48 hours notice, and you lost by a yard. I mean, just the, the manner in which they played, that bowl game against UCF was kind of a, a nice exclamation mark, and that was maybe Zach Wilson's finest hour, throwing a career-high 423 yards, had five total touchdowns, three through the air, two on the ground. The versatility that he showed uh, was just impressive. I mean, I think he's the best quarterback BYU has had, uh, definitely since John Beck, and John Beck, of course, is a mentor to Zach Wilson at 3DQB and and whatnot, And, and John Beck was the last... A uh, quarterback from BYU to be selected in the NFL draft, a second-round guy back in 2007. So, I just think that Wilson's legacy should be that to me. Of uh, he he should be in that pantheon of great BYU quarterbacks. I mean, there's there's that upper crust, that upper tier of of Jim McMahon, Ty Demmer. It's it's hard to crack into that. It's a different ball game in today's college football. But I think that next category of you know the Steve Sarkeesian's, the John Becks. Know, Zach Wilson squarely in that conversation, maybe better than those guys. He's better than Taysom Hill, uh, you know, in my opinion, from what he did at BYU. Zach Wilson was special, and I think his legacy delivering a big season that BYU fans felt like was not possible as an independent. He finally gave him a taste of greatness.
0: Last question for you on Zach Wilson before we move on to our next player we're going to discuss on the front page today, and uh, we're joined by Mitch Harper, our BYU insider at KSL Sports. Dot .com. So if you have any questions for Mitch, feel free to send those in on the chat. We can see them on YouTube, Facebook, uh Twitter whatever you're using right now to watch the KSL Sports front page. Let us know and Mitch can answer all of your questions. Mitch, as far as uh you know these draft mock drafts are concerned, you've seen where Zach has been ranging really from like anywhere from number 2 pick in the NFL draft to the Jets potentially to, you know, late in the first round. What do you think you know, it would mean if he was the the highest NFL draft pick out of BYU because you've seen guys like Ziggy, Jim McMahon, right there up up at the top, right. But what would you what would you think if he were to go number two overall? What would that say about Zach?
1: Well, I think it speaks to how NFL franchises view him that he can be the the face of a franchise. Honestly, I hope he doesn't go to the Jets. I mean, because I think that the Jets are a type of franchise to just they they don't have. Uh, any success. I mean, the Rex Ryan years were about it uh, with Mark Sanchez and, and maybe if you get a new head coach, maybe you get a new GM, that's kind of offensive minded that works in lockstep with Zach Wilson. It could be a, a good situation, but who knows? Maybe the jets at number two, they stick with Sam Darnold, maybe trade out, maybe go get a pen. Soul. who knows? There's a lot of options out there for the jets. That's not necessarily a foregone conclusion. Zach Wilson will go number two, but I will say though, I think Zach, is the type of guy that in this pre-draft process, he's going to wow a lot of teams. So you might see like a San Francisco 49ers, maybe a, maybe even a Dallas Cowboys. Who knows what they're going to do with Dak Prescott after this year. Maybe they move up as high as they can, unload a bunch of assets. Because I think Wilson, in the interviews and in the the workouts, the combine, a pro day, he will impress. And And I think that he's only going to climb from here. And I think that's what's exciting about this uh, whole process coming up and the potential for him to maybe be that number two pick and be the highest BYU player selected uh, you know, in the history of the, uh, the modern era draft. Uh, it just speaks to his work ethic, his talent, and, and the upside he has. This is not a guy that's a typical BYU prospect where he's older and you'd say, oh, he's 26 before he takes a down in the NFL. It's none of that. He's only 21 years old. I think his, his best football is still ahead of him. And that's exciting. And the good thing, too, with Zach, compared to some of the other prospects, is that you look at Justin Fields, remind me again when an Ohio State quarterback has done anything in the NFL, and the situation with Dwayne Haskins might knock Justin Fields down a little bit, too, because I think they're similar quarterbacks with what they did at Ohio State, a similar system. And Ohio State quarterbacks historically never been good in the NFL. And I think also with Trey Lance, they got one year to work with as far as a body of work. Most one year college guys, one year starters, they don't usually pan out. I, you know, Mark Sanchez comes to mind. There's been a few others, but they never have that long sustained success. Zach Wilson's a three year starter who had, you know, 28 starts under his belt. He's got a good body of work, beat some good teams, and showed out very well. So I think he's going to impress. I think he'll be squarely in that conversation to be in that, you know, top two, three, four, maybe five. But I would be very surprised if he goes outside the top five. Because I just think that he's going to continue to gain momentum throughout this process.
0: It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
1: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
0: I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking back five, six months ago, Mitch, you and I were talking about, you know, depth chart for BYU uh, and what Zach had as far as weapons are concerned. And you look at guys at that point in time, we were talking Gunnar Romney, Matt Bushman, and then, you know, Matt Bushman goes out with injury. Gunnar Romney had a great season, I feel like, but he struggled with health again. And then Dax Milne emerges as Zach's go-to guy. And you put out a piece yesterday on Dax. He ended up declaring for the NFL draft as well. What do you think this this means for, you know, the fact that he was the, he's the first BYU wide receiver to declare early for the NFL draft, to leave early before his senior season since Austin Colley did? about a decade ago and I I think to myself you know Austin Collie, all-time great probably the best wide receiver that BYU's ever had and I don't I don't put Dax in that same realm but Dax had a great season and I think that you know he had the writing on the wall as far as Zach leaving BYU's got a tougher schedule next year was this just Dax taking advantage of the opportunity Do you think that he's going to, you know, land in the NFL draft? Do you think that he's an NFL draft pick with his body of work or was it just simply that now was the best opportunity if he thought he had a chance to make the, make the NFL rather than waiting a year from now?
1: I think 100% he's going to be drafted, Kyle. And I think he's going to be someone that could go in the fourth or fifth round, uh, somewhere in that range. And I think maybe the issue for, for a guy like Dax is that, you know, wide receivers, they, you can find a lot of great wide receivers. Maybe it's even an undrafted free agent. They just they seem to just fall off trees in the NFL. There's so many talented guys that can catch the football. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I would say, too, I think Dax is the type of guy that he might go higher than a guy like Kairos Tonga, who probably we'll touch on a little bit later, too. I, I'm very high on the potential of Dax Milne. And like Zach Wilson, younger, uh, didn't serve a mission, anything like that. So uh, best football, I think, still ahead of him, too. And I just think there, there's a market. For a guy that's a sure-handed receiver, a big playmaker, too. He's not just some slot guy. Like I'll I'll fully admit, coming into the season, I did not expect the the sheer dominance, the level of play from a guy like Dax Milne. I thought guys like Cody Epps and uh, maybe Christopher Jackson were going to come in and push a guy like Dax Milne. I was completely wrong there. Milne was a big-time star. You're talking about the fifth-best season by a receiver in BYU football history in terms of yardage. I mean, he he's up there with some of the best court or receivers in BYU football history for an individual season, and I, I I'm just excited to see what he does. And I I think this narrative that he's not going to get drafted, I, I'm kind of surprised by that. I think BYU fans are underselling how good he was. You're talking about a Bolitnikov Award semifinalist, one of the best receivers in college football this year. I think he's going to get drafted. I think a team or two is going to fall in love with him, and they'll go up in the fifth round. And I think. What's helped him, too, is that he's had a quarterback that's been probably getting analyzed by so many teams. And then you look at the film and you're going, man, his top receiver, this guy's a stud. This guy, you know, line him up at Houston where they're playing a lot of man press. You don't care. He's making, you know, 70-yard big plays. Anytime you watch BYU this season, it seemed like Dax Mill was making big plays for the Cougars. I'm excited about his pro prospects.
0: Yeah, I know. I've already heard names thrown out there, guys, comparisons, you know, like Julian Edelman's an obvious one, you know, an all time great slot guy. It's like Julian Edelman, right? Yep. But, you know, a a guy like Hunter Renfro for the Raiders, you know, an all time great at Clemson. I just, I don't think of Dax in that same mindset. But the thing that concerns me about Dax in the NFL isn't his hands, isn't his speed, isn't his route running ability. I think he's great at all of those things, but it's his size. I just worry about his longevity in the NFL, 6'1", 190. I just think he's a little small. Do you think that that's going to be a concern for NFL GMs?
1: Yeah, I think that could be, uh, Kyle. And I think what, what helps Dax and I think what helps a lot of these BYU guys is that college football offenses and systems and um, play calling is, is kind of meshing molding more into the NFL. Like 10 years ago, offenses in the end and college football, there was no crossover between college and the NFL. It was like two completely different games. Now you're seeing so much more college football influence on the NFL. When you got guys like Cliff Kingsbury going to Arizona and basically having a complete rebuild and, in short order it's had a lot of success with guys like kyler murray and then of course to get some big time wide receivers in there but it's really had a lot of success and you can ha- you can go from college to the nfl and 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 make success now happen especially when it comes to play calling and coaching and i just feel like there's these preconceived like you got to be a certain height certain weight like that's kind of going out the door more i feel like that was kind of more like 10 15 years ago now it's simply can you ball out? Can you, and I think with, you know, the pre-draft process, it could be more virtual again. Maybe you don't get to see as many guys in person like you typically do. If Assuming, you know, there's similar travel restrictions like there was a year ago. Um, you know, they might have to just throw in the film. And, and Dax Milne's film is as good as any wide receiver you're going to find from a college football player in 2020.
0: Two more guys from BYU that I wanted to talk about with you today. And the first one is Kairos Tonga. You mentioned him a minute ago. Kyrus, we've seen him kind of test those NFL waters before. Now he's officially announced that he's declaring for the 2021 NFL draft. He's not going to come back for the 2021 season at BYU. And I think that this was, you know, kind of Kyrus's plan all along. You You saw him and Bushman announce a season ago that they were going to come back to BYU for their senior seasons at that time. And so I think Kairos always had that in his mind that this was going to be his last ride with, you know, him in BYU. What did you think of Kyrus' senior season at BYU in 2020? And was it enough that you think that, you know, because I felt like two years ago, Mitch, we talked about him. You know, if he can get that motor consistent enough, he's a first, second, third round kind of a, of a talent. Do you think that he's in that range still or do you see him falling back in the draft?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I, I think that one thing that he, that he did show in 2020 was he was a lot more reliable on the field, where he could play a lot more snaps. Uh, his first three years at BYU, he even would tell us in the media, I mean, he just, he'd just get out of breath and you'd see critical third downs and third and shorts uh, where BYU's defense is trying to get a stop. He'd be off the field maybe because he was gassed or not in the best shape or banged up, injured, whatever it may be. Uh, he wanted to be more reliable. I mean, you go watch games like Coastal Carolina. and I know that BYU gave up a lot of yardage in that game on the ground, but you watch him; he did his one eleventh and then some. I mean, the guy was getting double teamed every single snap and still put together ten tackles, and he could make plays uh, in the backfield. I just I think that sometimes the the dominance wasn't always there to what I think some people thought he could he could reach his potential. You kind of wonder if he fully reached all of his potential. At BYU, I think he could be a late round guy. Uh, I think the, the one interesting angle with Kyritz, though is that he's just an insanely good athlete at his size. I mean, you're talking about 6'4, 321, and last year he was clocked in at a 4'95 He runs that, he gets a combine invite and runs that time. Goodness gracious, Kyle, like he will naturally just move up because you're going 6'4, 321, and he's running that. Like, I can, yeah. I can work with that. I can develop that guy and coach him into a, a pretty special, you know, one tech defense nose tackle in the league. So I will see. I would say he's probably a day three guy right now. Uh, but if he tests the way that he's capable of at the combine or a pro day, he'll move up. But I think right now uh, I would say he's probably a day three guy.
0: You're listening to or watching the KSL Sports front page with Mitch Harper, our BYU insider, myself, Kyle Ireland. You can follow Mitch on Twitter at Mitch underscore Harper. You can follow me at Kyle Ireland. You can read all of our stuff at KSLSports.com and at the KSL and on the KSL Sports app. We're talking Zach Wilson, Dax Milne, Kyris Tonga leaving BYU and going to the NFL draft, along with All American, first team All American by the AP, Brady Christensen. Uh, you know Brady Christensen had a great season, uh, really dominant. I felt like the only game that he struggled in, that I thought he struggled in, was that Coastal Carolina game. BYU's only loss, and I, I just I think that you know with his with his honors and recognitions, the All American, it was definitely time for Brady to go. You're going to see him as a high draft pick, and so a lot of these guys, it's just the right time, right place. They needed to move on uh, for their own you know futures and. Being able to go and get that that money in the NFL is a big deal. And I think that Brady's going to have a successful NFL career. What do you think makes him so appealing to NFL teams, Mitch?
1: I think he's one, he's a coachable athlete. I mean, you're talking about a guy that um, he just naturally, he's a body of of, um, just self-improvement, coachable, getting better every single day. I I remember in... um, his redshirt freshman season. And keep in mind, he's been around. He was at BYU enrolled for four years. He played three, but enrolled for four. So he's going to graduate all of that. But I remember his redshirt freshman year when he started, when Jeff Grimes arrived on campus as the offensive coordinator and Ryan, P was the offensive line coach. And I remember he became like day two of spring football. He became the starting left tackle. And I thought that was notable because Christensen was once a two-star recruit kind of out of sight, out of mind uh, but really uh, instantly became a guy when Grimes and Pugh stepped on the scene where he started to play right away. And I think it was because what they told, I remember getting told that um, he was just someone that he gets taught one thing in, in a film study and then instantly can apply it onto the field. And he just kind of always used that to every single day getting better uh, type of mindset because I think he was someone that didn't have any accolades by any means, but then he, he really yeah. transformed his body. Over the time he, he was at BYU, I mean signed it at BYU out of Bountiful High School as a two hundred fifty pound offensive lineman and baseball player. Now he's, you know, three oh three and he's huge. And he's like the the type of body type, the frame that you want from a book in left tack who's gonna protect the blind side for a you know, maybe a hundred million dollar investment at the quarterback position. So I, I think he's someone that probably right now, maybe a second or third round pick. I think, though, what's interesting with him is that he's at a premium position like quarterback where, you know, you think about quarterback, defensive end, and offensive tackles. And you get that left tackle that can protect the blind side, that is valuable because, again, you're protecting a maybe nine-figure asset at quarterback. You got to protect that. And if Christensen shows out well, test well, he could maybe sneak into the back end of the first, maybe that, that that's maybe high optimistic best case scenario. I'd probably say second or third round though.
0: Last time BYU had an offensive lineman drafted was Scott Young back in 2005. So it's been a while Mitch, since the Cougars have had the type of offensive line that they've had, you know, for the last couple of seasons under Jeff Grimes. And I think that that's a testament to what Kalani Satake was able to do by bringing in this new offensive staff really kind of rebuilt BYU the way that he said that he was going to when he took the job back in 2015, 2016 there at the beginning of that that first season, where he said he wanted to go back to kind of the way that Lavelle Edwards had it, where you have the tight ends, you've got the big offensive linemen, and you've got the quarterback factory. And I feel like this draft class, these guys leaving early are really a testament to what Kalani was preaching about five years ago. And the fact that BYU has a quarterback that's going to the NFL early. They have offensive linemen now who are NFL draft caliber guys. Matt Bushman, really an injury away from potentially having a great season. And you saw how many t- touchdowns Isaac Rex had as a freshman. Imagine if those were touchdowns for Matt Bushman where he would be in the NFL conversation right now. And so I think that you know all of these things that were talked about five years ago are really coming to fruition now. We talked, or uh, you put out a piece a couple of days ago on Brady Christensen, and you compared him to A Sewell, uh, obviously a local guy, but ended up playing at Oregon in 2019. And you said that uh, you wrote that, pro I think it was Pro Football Focus had his grade higher than A Sewell's. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Pro Brady Christensen's the highest graded offensive lineman in the history of Pro Football Focus since they started their database. I believe it was like 2014. So... Uh, and that that he got a higher grade than Penny Sewell. Now, is that simply because of the opposition? Because you did point out to the Coastal Carolina game. Coastal had a second team All American at defensive end and Taron Jackson and and Jeffrey Gunther, who I know BoU fans not too fond of number ninety four as they like to say on Twitter. Number ninety four <laughs> on Coastal Carolina, but those guys at, at times gave BoU's offensive line the business. And Christensen I, did not give up a sack this year, but. There were times where he was beat on some of his one on one, so maybe that's the you know the film you point to and say was it solely because of the schedule? I don't think so, though. I mean, I I feel like in terms of pass protection, I mean Brady Christensen's as good as anyone in college football at the left tackle spot this year. He was great, and I think that uh, the, you know those advanced analytics want to buy into those. Uh, they would suggest that he's he had a better individual season than that of Penny Sewell in 2019, and Penny Sewell is going to be uh, you know definitely a top three pick in the NFL draft, so I think it speaks to the type of talent that Brady Christensen has, and whoever, whichever team gets him uh, will be getting, I think, someone who could play in the league for 10, 12 years. I think that's always kind of the expectation when you get a left tackle, is that they're going to be someone that's just going to be the foundation of what you do uh, on the offensive line, and he definitely was that for BYU. 38 career starts, started in every game, was reliable as, as they come. That's what you want in offensive lineman. that's Brady Christensen.
0: Last thing before we wrap up this KSL sports front page today for January 1st, 2021. And that is Brant Keithy junior tight end for the university of Utah. Mitch, he announced that he's going to return in the 2021 season for the Utes, uh, a junior coming back again. He can be a junior again next season. So potentially two years there up on the Hill for the Utes. What do you make of Brant's decision to return? Uh, I put, I personally didn't think that there was, you know, much much to say about him leaving after this season uh, as much as I thought there was a year ago. just based off of Utah had as funky of a season as any team in college football this year, Uh, not able to start their season for a couple of weeks due to COVID-19. And then just some ups and downs and hurdles and weird, weird stuff throughout that season, Uh, quarterback issues, uh, injuries across the board. It was just a weird year for the University of Utah, as far as their football team is concerned on the field. Uh, what did you think of Brandt's decision to return for another season?
1: Yeah, I think it's the right move. I mean, maybe there was some pause from his end to because of the quarterback situation at Utah. I mean, you know, Cam Rising is going to be back, but you know, what about Brewer from ba- from Baylor, the grad transfer? They also got the the transfer from Texas as well. Did that factor in maybe to his thought process as to you know will his numbers actually get better? Next year was some uncertainty uh, at the quarterback position. But, you know, you look at some of the, you know, tight end spots uh, in 2021 NFL draft. You got guys like Kyle Pitts, uh, Brevin Jordan from Miami. So there's some talented guys that could go pretty early where I, maybe he would have been a little bit buried on that uh, tight end ranking. So I think it was a smart move for him. But, I you know, you got to say Keithy and Cole Fotheringham, probably two of the better tight ends Utah football has had. I think in the Kyle Whittingham era, I mean that position historically under Whittingham and a little bit by design uh, has never really had much notable production um, at that spot. And again, could be by design, but I think now with uh, Andy Ludwig's offense, it has become a a bigger focal point of that attack passing attack. And I think Keithy and Fotheringham should have some, uh, you know, better years next season. Uh, We'll see, but I think that was the right move from Keithy, uh, Keithy, excuse me, to return to Utah next year in 2021 because I think it was just, I was a little bit surprised too, like you, that uh, the thought was was even kind of entertaining. I thought he would just be a guy that would come back naturally, but again, you think maybe he was just wondering about who's going to be QB, things like that, so it goes into the decision, but I think he made the best move coming back.
0: You can read more about Keithy's return as well as all of these BYU guys that we discussed today, Zach Wilson, Brady Christensen, Kyrus Tonga, Dax Milne, all of them leaving to go to the NFL draft on kslsports.com and the KSL Sports app. He's Mitch Harper. You can find him at Mitch underscore Harper on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle Ireland. We'll be back again on Monday for another edition of the KSL Sports front page on 4 p.m. Until then, happy new year, and let's hope that 2021 is better than 2020.